This is the Talk of Fame Network, featuring Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges from the Boston Herald, Rick Goslin of the Dallas Morning News, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. And now, let the debates begin. Who is a Hall of Famer? Will they be enshrined in Canton? Do they have the numbers to get in? Let the experts who make the decision tell you who will be signing their name with HOF next to it. And now, it's the Talk of Fame Network. Clear it to the other side from Mark Howe. Howe coming up on the right side. Howe over the line to his father. Son to father. Back into tell you what, Danny, so do I. It's just a pleasure to see this big guy out there. Look at the work he does here. Here's the backhand shot, and he had something on it, too. I think it may have deflected just in front of the net, and it beat Denny Heron cleanly, but uh, big father time uh, still doing his thing out here, and they're going to give him a standing ovation here in the Montreal Forum. Well, they should have given him a standing ovation because that was Gordie Howe's last NHL goal, and you know what? It was on April 9th, 1980. At the age of 52. And since we began the show a week ago by honoring one of the greatest athletes ever in Muhammad Ali, it's appropriate to open this week's show by honoring one of the greatest hockey players ever. Goose, you grew up in and around Detroit, so just a hunch here. I guess as the passing of Mr. Hockey must have had personal implications for you, right? Yeah, Clark, I grew up playing hockey in Detroit, and Howe was my boyhood idol. You know, he may have been the originator of the phrase, don't get mad, get even. The one time he caught an elbow in the mouth, went into the locker room to get stitched up when the doctor, the team doctor finished his needlework, started packing up his medical bag. How stopped him and said, don't put that stuff away yet, Doc. The guy that hit me will be back here in a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Gooseman, you ever meet him? No, nothing more than a handshake. But my wife and her mother were attending an art show back in the 1990s in a small Michigan community in the Thumb and went to an ice cream parlor afterwards, and sitting there is Gordy and his wife, Colleen, and they sat there for about an hour talking about hockey and about life. You know, nice man, as nice a man off the ice as he was mean on it. Your wife got an autograph? Yes, sir. Got a uh, book signed for her son. Like it. I like it. Uh, you know, Goose, I remember once you and I were um, at, at some location uh, in the West Coast, I think, maybe, but we were drafting our all-time NHL team and first draft pick, second draft pick. And I know, I think we both agreed on Bobby Orr as the first pick. The greatest player ever. Yeah, Bobby Orr. Okay. Okay, who's number two? And I also think we both agreed on Mr. Hockey as number two, right? Yeah, Orr was the greatest defenseman ever to play the game and Howe the greatest forward. You know, what I always admired about Howe was that he cleaned up his own mess. As the game evolved into the 80s and 90s, an era of goons was spawned to protect the superstars. Howe didn't need protection. He didn't need a bodyguard. He'd drop his gloves and take care of business by himself. In 1959, he fought the league's resident tough guy, Lou Fontenato, on the road in New York and sent him to the hospital a bloody mess with a broken nose. He didn't mess with Gordie Howe. Kick his ass, Seabass! <laughs> yeah, he didn't. Um, listen, if you're just tuning in, you might be wondering what we're doing talking hockey. No, we're not cleaning up our own mess. As we explained last week, this is the Talk of Fame Network, and there are, or at least there were, a few players more famous than Mr. Hockey, Gordie Howe. And Ron, I know you have a son who plays hockey, and it seems like he plays hockey all year round. And Ron, 
I know you're also talking to us from Oakmont, Pennsylvania for the U.S. Open. So we've got hockey, we got golf, hey, we got football too. But I want to ask about hockey here. Does your son Jack know about Gordy Howe? I mean, he preceded him by many decades. And, and if he doesn't, what do you tell him? Actually, he does. He's nine years old. And you're right, just, just lost the playoff game last week. He's still in mourning, but he'll be back on the ice on Sunday. So, he, uh, he, you know, I've told a lot about Bobby Orr and, and about the history of the game and we actually were at a Barnes & Noble a while back, and he usually goes off to see if he can find a book or two for me to get for him. And he, he comes back with Mr. Hockey, Gordie Howe's autobiography, a legendary book if you're a hockey person, and uh, really wanted it. And, uh, and so that's uh, on, our, uh, on our shelf for the next thing we're going to read uh, together. So he's, he's well-versed in, in Gordie Howe. You'll never convince him Bob Fior wasn't the greatest, but somebody says something to him about Gretzky. And he said, uh, Gretzky's guy had to wear Gordie Howe's number twice. <laughs> I like it. So he, I like he figured it, it out. <laughs> he has figured it out. Smart man. And he's your son, too. Amazing. Well, it was tough losing Muhammad Ali earlier this month. And I, I know because we talked about this last week with Ron, and um, it, it was tough for everyone. It's just as sad for hockey fans to lose Gordie Howe now. I'm here at the Talk of Fame Network, however. Um, we just keep moving on. And, and today we move on to Atlanta GM Thomas Dimitrov. Tampa Bay coach Dirk Cutter as part of a look at uh, the NFC South. And as well, we're going to preface Father's Day weekend. It's Father's Day this weekend, Ron, um, with Hall of Famer Jackie Slater. Yeah. Father of Pro Bowl special team star Matthew Slater of your New England Patriots, Mr. Borges. Um, we'll also dissect the latest documentary on Hall of Famer O.J. Simpson. It's called O.J. Simpson Made in America, and it is good. And sit down with Hall of Fame voter Jeff Duncan of the New Orleans Times Picayune. Well, Clark, you know, as you know, uh, Jackie Slayer is one of the great offensive tackles of pro football history, a Hall of Famer. But he had to have been an even better father if you know his son, uh, Matthew. You know, he's the kind of guy, everybody who's got a daughter, and I have one, you know, hopes that their daughter brings home. Uh, he's tough when he's supposed to be tough and, and uh, gentle when he's supposed to be gentle. He's well-spoken. Uh, he's very he's deeply religious. Uh, I mean, he's about everything that you would want in a guy. And whenever there's a stressful situation in, uh, in New England, Matthew Slater is one of the guys the team puts out there to uh, either to address the team about it or to talk to the public or the media about it. I mean, he is a stand-up kid. And as he likes to point out, he has not been to as many Pro Bowls as his father. But his uh, jewelry collection is far in excess of his dad's. <laughs> he loves to wear all those Super Bowl rings around. So Jackie did a tremendous job. And great player and a better dad, obviously. Well, speaking of Jackie and Matthew, there are plenty of father-son combinations have gone through the NFL. And, of course, the Mannings are the most notable. But, Goose, accepting them. Listen, we're not going to include them. If you had to start a Hall of Fame of fathers and sons for Canton, who would be your first pick? And remember, no Mannings allowed. Well, Clark, I'll go with the Matthews clan. Clay Sr. was an offensive tackle with the San Francisco in the 50s, and he fathered a Pro Bowl linebacker, Clay Jr., and a Hall of Fame offensive lineman, Bruce Matthews. Clay Jr. also fathered a Pro Bowl pass rusher, Clay III. That's three generations of Matthews on NFL fields. Wow. I, I got to tell you, Clark, I am stunned by that selection by our law and order man, Rick <laughs> Gosselin, known to us as the sheriff. Uh, <laughs> you know, now, as you guys know, I'm also a law, a law and order guy myself. Sure. Although, yeah, of course. Breaking the law and into disorder. But <laughs> my natural selection that Goose should have made is – Ed and Sean Hockley, the referee and back judge. You know, we all know Ed is, is the guy who has bigger biceps than half the players in the NFL. Uh, he's been a referee for many, many uh, years. 
and his son Sean now is in his third year as a back judge in the NFL. So I'm taking the NFL's law and order father-son combo, Ed and Sean Hockley. Thumbs up. I'm going law and order. I'm going with the Ryans, Buddy, Rex, and Rob. And uh, I don't care what you think of them, Ron. You can't deny their impact on the game. Okay? You got Buddy with the 85 Bears, and then, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles, and they had their body bag games. And Rex with the Ravens and the Jets, and Rob with Goose with Rob with. Okay, Buddy with the 85 Bears, and Rex with the Ravens <laughs> and Jets. Anyway, these three, particularly Buddy and Rex, I've had an impact on defenses everywhere. I mean, you got Buddy's 46 in Chicago, and you've got Rex's aggressive ball-hawking quarterback sacking field-covering Baltimore Ravens and New York Jets units. And since I mentioned those Baltimore Ravens, uh, guys, did you see we're one of the newest Ravens? Uh, that would be running back Trent Richardson. Said that his comeback from, from nowhere is going to be so great that he'll wind up in the Hall of Fame, Goose. Well, the guy's been around for five years now. I'd say Trent ought to focus on getting his first 1,000-yard rushing season before he starts talking about any gold jackets. <laughs> hey, Ron, I, I think uh, Trent Richardson also predicted the Braves would win the pennant. Uh, anyway, what's the first thing you thought of when you heard that? Three letters. C-T-E. <laughs> you got to be demented to say what he's saying. And I don't mean to make light of CTE, but uh, that, that's insane what he's saying. This is a guy's averaged 400 yards a season over four years. Missed all last season, and like a lot of Alabama running backs uh, under Nick Saban, he came into the league with ball tires. Uh, he's gone downhill, <laughs> you know, since then. Yeah. So I doubt seriously that uh, we'll be discussing his candidacy in our lifetimes or even in his lifetime. Well, Gooseman, <laughs> did you also notice, however, that he said he was going to put on a, quote, yellow jacket, unquote? He didn't say gold jacket. He said yellow jacket. So maybe envisions himself going to the school patrol hall of fame. I don't know. Well, Clark, you got Cub Scouts wear those yellow scars. Maybe that's what he was thinking about. <laughs> Ron, how about the yellow jacket? He didn't say gold jacket. He said yellow. Yeah, I think that's what you wear if you want to avoid contact, isn't it? <laughs> it's like, like, don't hit this guy. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah I don't know what, he, what on earth he's talking about. But it just shows you how out of touch, don't you think, that, that players can be? Yeah. You know, yeah the well. hall of fame. How about making a team? Just make <laughs> a not, team. That'd we're not going up. to the Hall of Fame. We're not going to make a team. We're going to make a commercial. When we return, we'll take a look at Hall of Famer O.J. Simpson, the subject this week of a riveting documentary. This is the Talk of Fame Network. Hey, what's up? We love Burger King grilled dogs. They're made with 100% beef, and they're 100%. Mm. They're so good, they make us want to sing like... I can't believe it. Burger King made a grilled dog. Made with 100% beef. Flame grilled anytime you want. You can try it in classic or chili cheese. Flame grilled and made with 100% beef, starting at just $1.99. Get a grilled dog now at participating Burger King restaurants. Flame grilling hot dogs since 2016. Price and participation vary. Hi, Tom Bodette, trying out one of those standing desks. Now I have the pleasure of working without the nuisance of being comfortable. Not sure a standing desk is for me. I'm really more of a resting couch kind of guy. But there is one thing I can stand behind, and that's Motel six offering clean comfortable rooms for the lowest price of any national chain now where did i put my sitting chair i'm tom bodette and we'll leave the light on for you book online at motel6.com that's not an alarm it's a wake-up call the 2016 road glide special with a powerful high output twin cam 103 engine big time braking power and harley davidson project rushmore technology from fairing Defender. It's time to take one for a ride and start living your legend today. Wake up. 
Your dream starts today at your Harley-Davidson dealer. Live your legend. Any Tom, Dick, or Harry can tell you that Geico could save you money on car insurance. But since money talks, why not go straight to the source? Hey, Harry's money here. And the day Harry went to Geico.com and switched his car insurance was the day I got to hang around. Finally, boys bonding, bada bing, bada boom. No wonder Geico has 97% customer satisfaction. Personally, I give him 100, but that's just my two cents. That was funny. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. When you're a kid, monsters live under your bed. When you're a grown-up, monsters come in the mail. You know, bills. But by refinancing your mortgage with Quicken Loans, you could save hundreds of dollars each month. Money you can use to shrink those monstrous bills down to a size that's not nearly as scary. Call 800-QUICKEN or visit us at quickenloans.com. Again, that number is 800-QUICKEN. Buy in. Quicken Loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. One obstacle many small businesses face is that getting the capital they need can be a difficult task. That's where Cabbage comes in. Cabbage provides simple, flexible access to a line of credit up to $100,000. They have helped 80,000 businesses with over $2 billion in funding. Go to Cabbage.com or call 888-CABBAGE. You'll get a decision in minutes and can start using your funds immediately. Access your line from a phone or computer and only pay for what you take. Make Cabbage your first resort for business funding. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges. Cannot play with him. Rick Gosselin. Cannot win with him. And Clark Judge. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. I want winners. Hey, Ron, I know you're in Oakmont, PA, for the U.S. Open, but do people out there know what it means when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in car insurance? If they did, they would have just saved themselves a lot of money 15 minutes ago. That's right. They should go to Geico.com. They should have gone 15 minutes ago. You are correct, sir. You know where else they should go? MyCleanPC.com. If your computer runs slowly, log on to MyCleanPC.com for a free, yes, free diagnosis. And within minutes, you can download. Yeah, the best kind. You can download software that can clean up what may be slowing that computer down. That's MyCleanPC.com. And before we go further, Gooseman, I I noticed this week that there's a new program on TV. I think it's on NBC called Spartan, the Ultimate Team Challenge. You're not a part of that, are you? If I was, the show would be titled Spartan, the Ultimate Team, not the Ultimate Team Challenge. Okay. Well, no chance we see Sparty, Kirk Cousins, Plexico Burris, and Tom Izzo there? The only way we'll see Sparty if there if there's no drug testing. We're not going to see Sparty, but guess what? We got the Spartan band here. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Spartan, the Ultimate <laughs> Team. I hope Plexico's not shooting at him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. Well, I just want to make sure we got that straight. And since we're on the subject of TV, I want to make sure we get something else straight. Since when, guys, did 2016 become the year of OJ? Ron? Huh? Rick? Since when become the year of OJ? Jeez. I mean, 21 years after that trial for murder, we have not one, but two documentaries on the Hall of Famer including this week's O.J. Made in America, which debuted, uh, premiered on ESPN last weekend, and it's going to be on ABC last weekend, and now it's going to be on ESPN all week. It's a five-part, seven-and-a-half-hour docudrama that the Washington Post calls nothing short of a towering achievement. And if that first segment is any indication, Goose, eh, towering achievement is correct. 
Yeah, America loves its larger-than-life celebrities, and for about three decades, O.J. was among the largest. Heisman Trophy winner, Hall of Famer, movie star, national pitchman, and, according to a civil trial, a murderer. Well, you know, that first episode, as you mentioned, Clark, did a you know, tremendous job, I, th- I thought, of reminding us of what I think a lot of people have forgotten, which was just how great a running back O.J. Simpson was. Right. You know, that archival videos of him at, uh, at, at USC. SC. And also, I thought they did a great job of just sort of laying the groundwork to explaining how he viewed himself, as, as they talk about it, as O.J., uh, not as a black man in America, uh, right. and, and as well as, you know, the racial tinderbox that Los Angeles, you know, had been for decades, and quite frankly, you know, probably still is, and, and why I think many people feel look at O.J.'s verdict in that case as an indictment against the LAPD, not so much an exoneration of O.J. Simpson. Yeah, no, that's right. And and you know something, Ron, it's, it's funny because um, I, I found I was listening to something on NPR today about that. And my wife said, geez, I, you know, I, I've heard enough. And I said, I, I'll be honest with you, I can't get enough of this. I mean, I, I, I find that I still love hearing about it and rehashing it because I couldn't understand when that verdict came down. And, and kind of, uh, quite honestly, I mean, kind of like the Kennedy assassination, I'll never forget where I was when I first saw that Ford Bronco tooling up the, the 405. I mean, I was driving back from Newport, Rhode Island, where I lived years ago with my parents. Um, my dad was not living on Cliff Walk. We were, uh, and he was in the Marine Corps and he was teaching at Naval War College. But when we stopped to get something to eat in Westerly, I looked at the TV behind the bar and I said, Dad, you won't believe what's going on. And with that, you know what? The rest of the evening was booked, and, and it wasn't watching the NBA Finals. It was watching this. Yeah, Clark, I remember watching at home. Uh, that night convinced me of his guilt. You know, why yeah. run? If, if anyone was going to get the benefit of the doubt, it was going to be O.J. And he, he got that benefit of doubt in the criminal trial. You know, the car chase, the glove, Cato Kalin, Mark Furman, Judge Ito, the verdict. I can remember the entire story as if it was yesterday. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually was covering a small boxing match at a, in a hotel ballroom in Boston that night, and uh, uh, there were no facilities there to uh, typical small shows. I had to go up into a hotel room to uh, to file my story. And I get up there, and the chase is on, and I had nearly missed the deadline because you couldn't stop watching. I kept saying, I know i got to write about these two nitwits who were just downstairs punching each other, but I'd rather watch this thing. And these two nitwits driving up the 405, right? Yeah, yeah, I want to watch these other two nitwits, you know? And I, what I'll always remember, and you guys will too, anybody who heard it, was uh, <laughs> Cowlings on the phone there. This is AC, I got OJ in the car. <laughs> I was like, what? You know, Ron, it was really, it was the first reality TV show. Yeah, it really was. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was fascinating. And to see them you know, one wonders, as as Goose points out, had that not been O.J. Simpson and just been some poor black kid from Watts, right. uh, if the police would have followed quite so uh, slowly and, and quietly behind him as he drove up the, the freeway. One doubts it. Well, I, I saw Ezra Edelman, who's the, the writer and director of uh, O.J. Made in America, interviewed the other day, and, and he was uh, telling a story about um, how he didn't really think he uncovered anything new. He went th- over a ton of material here, but he really didn't think he un- uncovered anything new. They simply told an old story a new way so that when it is over um, by the end of this week, no matter which side you take, everyone seems sort of satisfied with the verdict that basically you finally get it. And I'll tell you what, I mean, I, I, I believe he's right because I did that after listening to him today on NPR where essentially he said this case, as you mentioned, Ron, was the jury's way of striking back at the L.A. 
police for its treatment of African Americans, particularly in the wake of the Rodney King incident. But to me, there were revelations. I mean, there were, such as uh, what he tells us about OJ's father who did in that first segment. Uh, and also the Johnny Cochran, you know, if it does not fit, you must acquit episode that I always assumed was all Johnny. But as it turns out, eh, it really wasn't. No, no, you're right. I mean, and I thought there were a lot of small details uh, that came out, as you point out, that were new. Uh, somehow slipped through the cracks and all the voluminous coverage of the time. Uh, I thought his his relationship with Al Cowlings, which goes back to their days at Petrero Hill as, as kids in San Francisco, how that sort of evolved and how Al was always the kind of guy that O.J. would start the business and Al had to finish it kind of a thing. Right. Uh, uh, you know, the the friendship with Bob Kardashian that slowly but surely, you know, whittled away and uh and, you know, the whole odd legal crew that he had around him. Uh, I'm sure you saw the fictionalized version of this thing, too, in yeah. which I thought John Travolta was brilliant playing uh, Bob Shapiro. Uh, as lawyer. He was so over the top. I know Shapiro, and he was so over the top. He was Shapiro. And uh, and, and I think that both of these uh, films have enlightened us in a lot of ways on, on things we didn't understand. Well, one critic called it a labor of love, and I, th I think that's fair. I mean, as Edelman said, uh, when he was finished with the project, you, you can understand why people who believe he committed the crime could also believe the verdict was fair. And and I remember I was covering the 49ers that year, my first year of covering them, and, and Steve Young was in the locker room. Obviously, he was the quarterback of that Super Bowl team. Bart Oates was the center. And both were law students, and, and both had gotten um, postgraduate work in, in law. And they were talking about it every day. They weren't saying, is he guilty or not guilty? They were going in detail over facts of the case, and they both predicted that O.J. is going to beat the charge based on, frankly, the blunders in the investigation. You know what? They were right. That I understand, but what I can't, Goose, is why are critics reacting to this film as if it were like The Godfather or Sunset Boulevard or Citizen Kane? I mean, it's a documentary. It's good, but is that good? Well, Clark, how, how long has Nate been watching it, Keeping Up with the Kardashians? Eight years now? I mean, if, if Robert Kardashian... <laughs> I don't know. I'm not if, watching them. <laughs> if Kardashian had not been involved in that, Charles, I doubt we care about any of the Kardashians today. You know, it's all about celebrity. This nation's infatuated with celebrity. O.J. was among the biggest celebrities of his era. The controversial verdict just enhanced the interest in O.J. and all things that touch him, most recently this docudrama. Yeah, well, apparently it still goes that way because the ratings, are, I think, are going to be off the charts. But as I mentioned, do yourself a favor I and mean, watch O.J. Simpson Made in America because you won't be disappointed. And I'll tell you what, you won't be disappointed with our next guest either. You like that segue, Ron? That's, <laughs> that was very It's Tampa Bay coach Dirk Cutter. He's going to tell us how he plans to revive the Bucks. This is the Talk of Fame Network. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. The new Low Rider S. It makes the most powerful cruiser lineup in Harley-Davidson history even more powerful. So powerful that if you take one for a ride, you could win one for you and one for a friend. And that's why it's time to stop dreaming and start riding. Get started today at your Harley-Davidson dealer. Live your legend. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. 18 plus. 50 US and DC. Ends 113016. Rules at hdcom slash ultimate sweeps. Hi, Tom Bodette trying to understand this whole dating app thing. You're supposed to swipe right for the profiles you're into and left for the ones you're not. So if I'm attracted to a clean, comfortable room for the lowest price of any national chain at Motel 6, I'd swipe right, right? Or was it left? Wait, I just sent myself a picture of myself. 
6-3? Yeah, right. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Book online at motel6.com. Hi, can I help you pick out some flowers? Yeah, I need a centerpiece, but these yellow ones are too bright for a fundraising event. Do you have anything in the gamboge? Gamboge? Gamboge. As a small business owner, you've got enough to deal with. Let the experts at Progressive insure your business so you can focus on uh, gamboge. With over 30 commercial auto and business coverage options, we'll build a plan that's right for you. Oh, and they need to be hypoallergenic. Visit ProgressiveCommercial.com to get started. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Here's an idea. Instead of waiting for your boss to give you a raise, give yourself one. It's easier than you think. By refinancing your mortgage with Quicken Loans, you could add hundreds of dollars each month to your bottom line. Like a boss. To learn how, call 800-QUICKEN or visit us at QuickenLoans.com. Again, that number is 800-QUICKEN. Quicken Loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLSConsumeraccess.org, number 3030. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and Clark Judge. Just a reminder, the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by MyCleanPC. If your computer runs slowly, log on to MyCleanPC.com for a free diagnosis. And within minutes, you can download software that can clean up what may be slowing it down. That's MyCleanPC.com. Well, everywhere Dirk Cutter goes, offense seems to follow, including offense in the running game, which seems to have fallen out of favor in some corners of the NFL, not in Tampa Bay. But in some corners, Dirk was named head coach of those Tampa Bay Bucks in January after transforming an offense led by a 21-year-old rookie quarterback into the league's fifth best overall and fifth best in rushing. No surprise there, of course. He put up similar numbers running the offenses at Jacksonville and Atlanta and as head coach at Boise State and ASU. That would be Arizona State, where he went to six bowl games in nine years now, well, now we're pleased to have him running our offense for the next few minutes. Dirk Cutter, thanks for joining us. Yeah, I appreciate it. Hope I don't have to call any audibles. <laughs> us too. We do too. <laughs> uh, Dirk, in, in your first year as the Bucks offensive coordinator last season, you produced club records for net yards, over 6,000 yards and net yards per play. At the same time, you're developing a rookie quarterback and resurrecting uh, a running back in Doug Martin. How does your system seem to mesh so well with such a young quarterback and also with the running game? The main thing is we're not really tied in. You know, we have a, a system of way we operate, but just one of the things we've always really believed in is, uh, you know, play to the strengths of your players and uh, hide your weaknesses. I mean, put, you know, don't don't expose guys to things they're not ready for. So, you know, I knew from my time in Atlanta that how explosive of a running back Doug Martin was and, uh, we had coached Charles Sims in the Senior Bowl, so I knew about Charles. And, uh, you know, when we came down here, we, we felt like we'd be able to run the ball uh, successfully. And, of course, Doug had a tremendous year, and our offensive line did a real nice job. We were breaking in a rookie quarterback, so even though we think Jameis has a fantastic future ahead of him, you know, we didn't try to give him every single thing in the playbook and tried to, tried to build it around the running game, around play action, around more maximum protection type stuff, you know, let our, let our run game keep us in, in uh, down and distance friendly situations. So uh, we did do a good job of gaining yards. Unfortunately, we didn't do a good enough job of scoring points. I mean, that's something that we have to do a much better job of moving forward. Dirk, the running game seems to be vanishing in the NFL, but not in your offenses. Of course, Maurice Jones-Drew led the NFL in rushing when you were running the Jaguars offense. 
What's the importance of the running game to you? Well, again, I think in both both of those instances, uh, both MJD, MJD in Jacksonville and and uh, Doug here is when you've got a you've got a workhorse running back. You ask any great running back, they want the ball. I mean, Fred Taylor when we had him in Jacksonville, Maurice, uh, both Michael Turner and Stephen Jackson that we had in Atlanta, and Doug here. Uh, those guys want the ball, and for big-time running backs to do their thing, they need carries. They need to see the defense. Now, unfortunately, when we were in Atlanta, if you are going to commit to running the football, you've got to run it efficiently, meaning you've got to be able to move the chains. I mean, you can't go first and ten, second and nine, third and eight, punt. You, you've got to you've got to make first down. So, if you are running the ball efficiently, keep handing it to them and let those guys see their looks, and, and eventually those three- or four-yard runs, those great backs, they're going to they're gonna make you look good. They're going to make your O-line and everybody look good by turning three- and four-yard gains into eight, nine, 20, 30, 40-yard gains. We're speaking with Dirk Cutter of the Tampa Bay Bucks, and Dirk, um, that sounds terrific and it works for you, but I'm just wondering, uh, a lot of teams, it seems, are going in another direction. The, the running back seems at least to be disappearing in importance. A, do you agree with that in terms of looking around the rest of the league? And if so, why? Well, I, I think a, a couple of factors there. First and foremost, running backs, it's well proven, have a pretty short shelf life. And if you really look at it, the guys that play that position, they take a pounding. I mean, when you give a top-notch running back 20-plus carries a game over a 16-game season, those, those guys take a pounding and, and their bodies seem to wear down. Secondly, it's a quarterback-driven league, and we're paying quarterbacks a lot of money in this league, and you know people want to see the ball put in the quarterback's hands, and I can, I can definitely see that. And then lastly, I mean, nobody, fans, coaches, players, nobody's very patient anymore. I mean, it's, uh, it's hard to sit there and take four- or five-yard gains when, uh, when we've got the quarterbacks and the receivers in this league that can – it can go for the jugular a little quicker. Last year, Winston threw, I think it was seven picks in his first four games, and then only eight uh, in the final 12. Did you make adjustments to, to what you were asking of him in your offense to reduce those mistakes, or is this a, just a case of, of him learning quickly? I think it's more more a case of him learning quickly. I mean, as I said before, we we did try to, to limit how much we put on Jameis, but Jameis has been in a lot of big games in college, and, uh, you know, won a national championship, won a Heisman Trophy. The one thing, even the knock on Jameis coming out of college, was that he would sometimes dig his team into a hole by turning it over too much and then through a lot of nice plays by him and, and the players around him at Florida State, they were able to come back and get a lot of wins. But, you know, we, we were constantly preaching to Jameis through OTAs last year, through the preseason, that in the NFL it's not like that. If you turn the ball over, you're not gonna you're not going to be able to – recoup it and you know we got off to a, a very rough start as you said seven seven interceptions in those first two games and I think Jameis had a had a meeting with himself and and just he if you ask him what's the number one thing he learned he, he learned that you got to be more careful with the football and give him the credit he did a good job of that as the season went on. Dirk you had met Ryan in Atlanta when he had his greatest season you had David Garrard uh, when he was a Pro Bowl quarterback in Jacksonville what's the upside for Jameis? I think it's huge I think the upside is huge because Jameis is a, you know, he he loves to play football. He's a tremendous leader, tireless worker. I'm the first guy in the building, last guy to leave. Football is really, really important to him. 
he's got plenty of things he can work on uh, skill-wise, technique-wise, footwork-wise, delivery-wise. So, you know, still a, a lot of room to get better, but just a high ceiling. The players want to play for him, play with him, and play hard for him. Uh, I think I think the sky's the limit. This guy's been successful at every level, and uh, I'm a I'm a true believer that he'll be successful at this level as well. Hey Dirk, earlier you said you didn't give him every single look in the playbook last year, and now we're in year two. Just wondering, does he have an expanded playbook this year? In other words, have you opened it up to him, and is he able to audible at the line of scrimmage? Oh yeah, he he was always able to. Now I don't I don't when I say we limited what we did, I don't. I don't want anybody out there to think that Jameis, Jameis is a really smart guy, and uh, it's just we didn't we chose as coaches not to put him in too many positions that we didn't think he was ready for. And yes, we have even as the season went on last year, we gave him more and more. Yes, he does audible at the line of scrimmage. He did last year all the time. We give him either or plays, pass to pass, pass to run, run to pass, run to run checks, uh, handles all that stuff no problem. Of course, now in, in OTAs is a great time, uh, OTAs in preseason. Now that Jameis knows what to expect, he's been, been through a full NFL offseason, preseason, regular season. Everything's not new to him. Sure, we're giving him more and more. We want to we test the boundaries, and you can always reel it back in when you, when you get to the season and see how things are going. We also think we'll continue to be a good run team. In your opinion, what's the difference between running the offense, which you've done so well, and running the entire team? And does the latter take you away from the offense a little bit more than you would like? Well, the difference, I guess I'm going to learn what the difference is. I, I mean, <laughs> I did it for nine years as a, as a college coach, but, you know, college, college coaching in, in the NFL is not the same. There are some very successful head coaches in the NFL who are still calling the offense. So I know it can be done because I'm, I'm modeling some guys that are doing it. Of course, it does take you away a little bit more. Uh, I enjoy being in front of the whole team and, and talking to the whole team, but I think the number one thing you have to do is uh, hire assistant coaches that you believe in and then turn them loose to coach. And as you three guys all know, uh, we were very, very fortunate to be able to get Mike Smith, who I'd worked with at, at both Jacksonville and Atlanta. We have a really experienced uh, staff on defense, Jay Hayes, Mark Duffner, John Hope, Brett Maxey, backing Mike Smith up. So the fact that we've got experienced guys on defense, that I think is the most important thing that, that I could do to help myself stay involved with the offense. Hey, Dirk, thanks so much for the time, and best of luck getting those bucks going again. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me on, and uh, we really appreciate uh, you guys thinking of us. You got Thanks, it. Dirk. Thanks, Dirk. That was Tampa Bay coach Dirk Cutter. When we return, you'll hear why former Chicago receiver Harlan Hill deserves Hall of Fame consideration. This is the Talk of Fame Network. Hey, what's up? We love Burger King grilled dogs. They're made with 100% beef, and they're 100%. Mm. They're so good, they make us want to sing like... I can't believe it. Burger King made a grilled dog. Made with 100% beef. Flame grilled anytime you want. You can try it in classic or chili cheese. Flame grilled and made with 100% beef, starting at just $1.99. Get a grilled dog now at participating Burger King restaurants. Flame grilling hot dogs since 2016. Price and participation vary. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. One obstacle many small businesses face is that getting the capital they need can be a difficult task. That's where Cabbage comes in. 
Cabbage provides simple, flexible access to a line of credit up to $100,000. They have helped 80,000 businesses with over $2 billion in funding. Go to cabbage.com or call 888-CABBAGE. You'll get a decision in minutes and can start using your funds immediately. Access your line from a phone or computer and only pay for what you take. Make Cabbage your first resort for business funding. Geico presents Kathy, the candid real estate agent. Now in the living room, you'll see this beautiful bay window. It's energy efficient and lets in a ton of natural light. It will also let in a thief when you leave it unlocked and he'll steal your laptop and flat screen TV. (laughs) Now who wants to see the kitchen? It's hard to know all that comes with renting a home or apartment. That's why the GEICO Insurance Agency makes getting covered for personal property loss and damage quick and easy. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. QL1, this is Control. Does Rocket Mortgage require me to come in and speak with someone? Negative Control. With Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, you can go through the entire mortgage process on your own and completely online. Copy that, QL1, but if I wanted to speak to someone, do you think they're out there? They're out there, all right. Their award-winning client service is beyond anything I've ever experienced. Three, two, one. Rocket Mortgage at QuickenLoans.com. Push button, get mortgage. Rocket. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. They are who we thought they were. Just a reminder, the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by MyCleanPC. If your computer runs slowly, log on to MyCleanPC.com for what kind of diagnosis, Ron? Freebie. Yeah, they even know that in Oakmont, California, and Pennsylvania, too. That's where he is, <laughs> Oakmont, Pennsylvania. Nicely and, done. Yeah, and within minutes, you can download software that can clean up what may be slowing that computer down. That's MyCleanPC.com. Hey, last weekend, the Tonys. You know, Tony's honored the best plays of the year with Hamilton cleaning up. Uh, but we and uh, we, we weren't invited to the party, or maybe we were late to the party. Just uh, we were never there. But you know what? Never fear, people. We have our own Tony's here, and we can make this quick, guys. Your best play. Yes, best play from the last year. Gooseman? Uh, the Aaron Rodgers 61-yard Hail Mary in Detroit against Lions. Refs gave uh, the Packers life on a bad face mask penalty against Detroit in what was supposed to be the final play of the game. That gave the Packers one last snap, and Rodgers took advantage of it. I think it took every muscle in his body to throw that ball 61 yards in the air. Ronnie? Well, you know, being a Laura Noah guy, I like a guy who actually makes a play. Von Miller's strip sack, not some Hail Mary throw, that strip sack of Cam Newton in the Super Bowl that Malik Jackson fell on for a touchdown. It made it, it made it 10 nothing in the first quarter, but it felt like it made it 100 to nothing. Yeah. Right, that strip sack. that tackle and in his grill so fast, you didn't know what happened. Strip sack, strip club, what is it, Ron? <laughs> <laughs> strip steak, like I don't know. We yeah, like well, them all. Yeah, you're a law and order guy. Thank you, Ed Hockley. Um, listen, I, I'm going with Goose. I'm going with uh, Aaron Rodgers, but not that Hail Mary. I'm taking the second Hail Mary, Goose, the, the playoff game with Arizona. <laughs> I mean, how does it happen twice? Oh, man. Well, but how does that happen twice in one season? And especially in a playoff game, no time unlike great play, great play by Aaron Rodgers. Anyway, and, you know, it was interesting since it's the Tonys we're honoring in that first game that Goose referred to, the touchdown pass to. Yeah, Richard Rogers. Uh, and speaking of great plays and players, Gooseman, you featured both in this week's State Your Case on our website, talkoffamenetwork.com, when you address the career of Harlan Hill, former NFL Rookie of the Year with Chicago, who made, it sounds like, all kinds of plays as a wide receiver. Goose, I know you believe he's Hall of Fame worthy, so you know what? Here's your chance to tell us why. 
Yeah, Clark, gridiron greatness is defined on the field by those who play the game, but we as members of the Pro Football Hall of Fame Selection Committee are then asked to judge that greatness, and that's where it gets sticky. How long does that window of greatness need to be open for a player to be deemed worthy of the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Harlan Hill was the best wide receiver and arguably the NFL's best player for a three-year stretch in the 1950s. There were just three NFL receivers with 1,000-yard seasons from 1954 through 1956. Hill was the only player to do it twice. He was named the NFL's Rookie of the Year in 1954 and the NFL MVP in 1955 after leading the league in touchdowns for a second consecutive season. A burner with four career touchdown catches longer than 75 yards. Hill was voted the Pro Bowl each of his first three seasons and also made first-team All-NFL all three years. But he suffered a back injury in that 1956 title game against the New York Giants, the first in a series of injuries that cost him his speed, productivity, and greatness. He suffered a separated shoulder that cost him four games in 1957 and then ruptured his Achilles in 1958 that ended his season after eight games. And that's why Hill's name has never come up in the discussions for Canton. He caught 134 passes for 3,000 yards and 32 touchdowns in his first three NFL seasons but only 99 passes for 1,600 yards and eight scores in his final six injury-riddled seasons. Hill hasn't played now for 50 years, but he still holds the Chicago records for career 100-yard games with 19, plus the single-season marks for most re- single-game marks for most receiving yards with 214 and touchdowns with four. His 4,600 career, ca- career yards and 40 touchdowns with the Bears still ranks second in franchise history in his career edge of 20.24 yards per catch ranks third in NFL history. Harlan Hill was a great player. Without a bust in Canton, though, his greatness has been forgotten, and that's too bad. It shouldn't be. Well, Goose, I hear what you're saying, uh, but as great as Harlan Hill was for three years, shouldn't sustaining excellence over an extended period of time be part of the Hall of Fame prerequisite? I mean, if not, why three years? Why not two years? And, And if two years, why not one year? It seems to me like part of being a Hall of Famer is sustaining it over a full period of time. Yeah, Rob, Terrell Davis had just a three-year window of greatness and has been in the room as a finalist twice already now. I'm not saying that either Harlan Hill or Terrell Davis is a Hall of Famer, but when you are the best player in the league, as Davis was in 1998 and Hill was in 1955, even if it's just for one season, you deserve to be discussed. Well, there's that signal again. means we're into the last two minutes of our first hour, Goose. You got the two-minute drill this week. Ron, you and I are going to try to stay with him. Derek Burns, our producer, he's going to be running the clock. So, Gooseman, if you're ready, start your engine. Had he not suffered that sheared blood vessel in his chest in 2001, how many Super Bowls would the Patriots have won with Drew Bledsoe at quarterback in the 2000 decade? As many as Drew won with Buffalo and Dallas. Zippity-doo-dah. Wrong. More than none, but less than four. Julio Jones, A.J. Green, or Des Bryant? Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> Julio Jones, for the best reason there is. He grew up in the same town as the Raiders, Ken Stabler. <laughs> Did anything meaningful come out of any NFL minicamp this month? Yes, sir. They ended. <laughs> no, but a lot of trees sacrificed their lives so writers across America could claim something <laughs> did when it didn't. If you can't play football in shorts, you can't play football. Is Eagles defensive tackle Fletcher Cox a $103 million talent? Nope, but Bobby Cox is. <laughs> Not that I noticed, but if he is, Von Miller was right to reject the Broncos offer. <laughs> 
Is Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen a $45 million talent? Uh, maybe, but I'd rather put that money toward Marcus Allen. <laughs> or Woody Allen. He's had only one 1,000-yard season, Goose, in three years and never played in 16 games. Better question is, who the heck is Keenan Allen? Maybe Paul Allen. <laughs> Wes Walker is making the rounds as a guest coach, first with the Dolphins, then with the Ravens. What wisdom can he impart? Uh, he can't remember. <laughs> Three things. Find open space. Catch ball. Duck! <laughs> Does one Super Bowl ring put Mar- DeMarcus Ware in the Hall of Fame? Only if he hawks it. I would say yes. If he also has a ticket for admissions tucked inside. Our Talk of Fame Network poll last week asked which was the best team in the AFC North. Who is it? Steelers. They got us Ben Roethlisberger last week. <laughs> You're selfish. Bengals have the most overall talent, so I'll go with the Bengalis, even though they're as crazy as the stripes on their hats. Brock Osweiler, Lou Brock, or Brock Lesnar? Kelly LeBrock in Woman in Red. Talk of Fame Network is about one thing, boys. Hall of Fame. So it's Lou Brock in the who. <laughs> oh, I like it. I like it. That's the end of our first hour, but don't go anywhere. Coming up in hour number two, our Hall of Famer Jackie Slater to talk Rams and Father's Day. Jeff Duncan to talk Saints and Atlanta GM Thomas Dimitrov to talk Falcons and NFC South. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. Yeah, your toilet's definitely clogged, but I think I found the problem. Sir, is this your action figure? Yes. I sent him in to check out the pipes. As a small business owner, you've got enough to deal with. Let the experts at Progressive insure your business so you can focus on more important things. With over 30 commercial auto and business coverage options, we'll build a plan that's right for you. Um, I got something else. Are these toy cars? Had to send in backup. Visit ProgressiveCommercial.com to get started. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. QL1, does Rocket Mortgage require me to fill out a bunch of paperwork? Negative control. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans is the first on-demand mortgage machine that quickly imports your financial data. You can go through the entire mortgage approval process in minutes. That is fast, like rocket fast. It also works on any internet-ready device, so you can get a Rocket Mortgage at any time or place you choose. Over. Three, two, one. Rocket Mortgage at QuickenLoans.com. Push button. Get mortgage. Rocket. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLSConsumerAccess.org. Number 3030. That's not an alarm. It's a wake-up call. The 2016 Road Glide Special. With a powerful, high-output twin-cam 103 engine, big-time braking power, and Harley-Davidson Project Rushmore technology. From fairing to fender. It's time to take one for a ride and start living your legend today. Wake up. Your dream starts today at your Harley-Davidson dealer. Live your legend. Hi, Tom Bodette. During all these Motel 6 renovations, I've picked up some construction lingo working with the brickies, sparkies, and wood butchers while they shop rocket these renos till they shine like a spool of 10-gauge copper. And even after all the updates with the knock-knocks, Motel 6 still costs you less cheese than any national chain. Okay, time to take off the brain bucket and roll out. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the wattage on for you. Book direct at motel6.com. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. Welcome back to hour number two of the Talk of Fame Network. In this hour, we're going to be speaking to Atlanta GM Thomas Dimitrov. 
as well as Hall of Fame voter Jeff Duncan of New Orleans. But first, well, first, because it's Father's Day, we thought, why not reach out to Hall of Famer Jackie Slater? Once known as one of the greatest tackles in NFL history, Jackie now is sometimes known as Matthew Slater's dad. That's right. Matthew, of course, not only plays for the Patriots, but is a special team's standout, a five-time Pro Bowler and three-time All-Pro. He's also the son of one of the kindest and most accomplished players in Rams history, Jackie Slater. Jackie, thanks for joining us. Glad I can join you guys. Thank you, Jackie. It's Father's Day Sunday, as you know. How's the Slater family celebrated, and whose career gives you more satisfaction, you or your sons? <laughs> oh, that's a great question, man. I, I Obviously, I loved every moment of the time that I played the game. and uh, I mean, all the ups and downs of it and everything, and wouldn't have done anything any differently. And, and uh, you know, it was really, really rewarding to me. But I, I got to tell you, man, it's it, 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 hard to describe and to explain the, the excitement I get when I watch the success that my son is having because I can remember taking him over to our uh, team and meeting some of our players for the first time and uh, how big his eyes got to find out that there were a lot of other big guys, all the colors of the uniforms and all that, and then watching him go there to you know a high schooler to a college player and now with one a captain on one of the best teams in the country, it's, it's just been Fantastic. I, I just can't imagine it being any better. Jackie, how is it that a 300-pound tackle can produce a son who set college records for kickoff returns and still holds the California State High School records in the 100 and 200? <laughs> well, well I, uh, my wife has some brothers that were really, really fast. And I, I personally uh, didn't have that kind of speed. Yeah, they said I had good speed for a guy my size and everything. But, you know, as near as I can figure, it, it came from my wife's father he was a short fellow Woodrow Wilson back in Meridian Mississippi he was a short fellow and uh you know I guess he just had some power his genes were more powerful than mine that's the only thing I can figure <laughs> yeah, how much influence did you have on Matthew's career I mean he obviously could have pursued a track and field career but he went football was that because of dad well I think that was the biggest thing he he, he enjoyed the excitement of playing the game of football and I, it might have had something to do with him being at the games as a kid and listening to the crowds and all of that I know that he was a very good baseball player also and a center fielder would use his speed well and got on base and was electrifying when he got on base and and I just uh, I did everything to discourage the football end of sports but he just kept gravitating back towards it basketball uh, he played uh, soccer he played and everything and I don't those sports just weren't exciting enough for him he did he, he liked a lot of action yeah why did you just discourage the football you know I, I just didn't think he was once I didn't think he was going to be because when I was 13 years old I was six feet tall weighed 245 and I was wearing a size 42 in the waist and a 32 inch <laughs> end thing. so he wasn't hitting in that direction at all and I, I've always viewed football as a big man game always felt that a good big man is better than a good little man and so I just didn't think that he was going to fit in. I certainly wasn't going to be able to help him with what he was going to do as a little guy because I didn't know anything about what he was doing. So it was just kind of, um, you know, it was just kind of my my deal to discourage him and, and encourage him in, in a different direction. I guess in this case, Jackie, father doesn't know best, right? I guess not. I guess <laughs> not. If you, had, if you had told me that I wouldn't be watching that young man do some of the things he's doing, I never would have believed it. 
<laughs> We're with Hall of Famer Jackie Slater, who's sometimes known as Matthew Slater's dad. And and Jackie, you live on the West Coast, but your son, of course, as you mentioned, he plays on the East Coast. He plays in Foxborough, New England. How many of his games do you actually get to see in person during the year? Well, historically, since he's been back there, we've gone back there. We went back there up in, up until he got married this past year. We went back there every, every Christmas and spent with him. And, you know, so they have some family around on the holidays. And uh, then we we catch any any game that came on this side of the central part of the United States. So we would catch you know we would catch up with the you know three four games a year something like that. But now that he, now that he's gotten uh, married and uh, got the family going and everything, and we don't feel the urge to run to Foxborough, Massachusetts, and sit in the stadium up there, the outdoor stadium up there during the winter. <laughs> <laughs> Quite as much as we used to. So I got DirecTV and I catch him. I catch all the games that I don't go to uh, on DirecTV. And he and I, uh, you know, we always talk before and after the game. So you know, we're still enjoying. We're still enjoying watching this career. Hey, Jackie, we go there or not. there's a Rams game in New England December fourth. Just to let you know, in case you plan on attending. Uh, you know, the last time the Rams and the Patriots played, I was at that game, sitting at the 50 yard line. And I was the honorary captain for the Rams. I went out on the field with the captains. I told Matthew beforehand, I said, it's cool, man. I'm going to be the honorary captain. I said, when it comes time to shake hands, I'm going to give you a hug. He goes, no, Dad, you can't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> I said, all right. I was, a little, I, was a little, you know, I was a little disappointed that he said that. But when time came to shake hands with the captain, he shook my hand and pulled me up close and hugged me around the neck. It was pretty cool. It was over in London uh, at one of those, at Wembley Stadium. Oh yeah, uh, it was it was it was really cool. Jackie, you spent 19 years of your career playing for the Rams in Los Angeles, and your final season playing for the Rams in St. Louis. Where do you stand on the move by the Rams back to L.A.? Well, um, relative to the move, I, I I'm really 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 happy for the fans in Los Angeles, the people who supported me when I was playing, who were very disappointed not only to see the Rams leave, but more so they got disappointed with me when I left with the Rams. And they made me feel like I should have retired instead of trying to play a 20th season. So those people were loyal, you know, and, I, and they're, they're, the, the team coming back. And so I'm happy for those people who really supported the Rams. I'm sad for the people in St. Louis, the Ram fans in St. Louis who's had them for a decade and, and, and have been on the ups and the downs of them playing football there. So I'm sad for them. So when I think when my feelings, when I let my feelings come out about the Rams moving back and forth one way or the other, I, I have a tendency to think more about the fans who are paying the hard-earned money to come and watch us play, being kind of yo-yoed around. Those are the people that I feel badly for. Hey, Jackie, are you going to see some Rams games in uh, L.A. now, now that they're back in town? Well, I, you know, I, 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 if I get invited, I would like to go and watch a game or two. But, you know, I'm a football coach out here myself now. I coach at this, uh, where Christian McCoy went to college at Zeus Pacific University. Oh, sure, yeah. And I'm the offensive line coach there, and uh, we play on Saturdays. Sometimes we're on the road, and depending on how the schedules work out and all that, uh, yeah, I'd like to catch a couple of their games. Do you find it difficult to teach, as a Hall of Fame player, to teach players that the, knowing they'll, they'll never get to the level you want them to get to? Well, there, there's frustration for me. Frustration comes in trying to get a young man to expand his thought processes to be as thorough as he needs to be to be productive. It's not enough just to show up and be big and strong. It's not enough just to show up and be quick and fast. It's not enough just to show up and be smart. 
you got to show up and you got to be big, strong, quick and fast, and smart enough to be able to imp- learn and implement skills that gives you a chance to help your team be successful. That's what an offensive lineman is. And when a guy has, is limited in any one area, it frustrates me to no end because I know he's never going to reach his potential and I know he's never going to help us win. So that's the thing that frustrates me. Not Because you can make a, a player who has those qualities and really willing to work at those qualities, he can be successful and he can help you win games. Question, but uh, you, you coach the game and you played it so you know how tough it can be. But is it tougher to watch your son from the stands, especially when he's on high-impact plays like special teams? It's unbelievable, man. I sit there and I watch, and my wife, I drive her crazy. Now, my wife, Annie, <laughs> she, she is a trooper of all troopers. She sat there and watched me play for 20 years, and she's been watching Matthew this whole time, and, and she doesn't seem to get so phased about the contact and everything. I, on the other hand, I, I look away at, at some of it when I see it coming because I know what it's going to feel like, and I know what's possibly happening, and it's hard for me to look at. And it seems like every time something, the big collision happens, I'm the first one to notice that he's getting up or not getting up or whatever. And it's always a delayed reaction with her because I'm watching it very close. So to answer your question, yes, it is very difficult to watch. And, uh, you know, the young man has been playing, uh, he's played eight years now. He's gone to the last five Pro Bowls. And uh, he he says, Dad, I don't have a limit in how long I want to play. I, I, I want to play as long as I can, as long as I'm having fun, as long as I'm healthy. But when I hear that, I, I, I can't say, well, you can't do that. You're not good to that. I just think of myself and I you know, know how I felt at that time. But then I always think and pray and ask the good Lord to keep him safe and that he'll have fun and, and you know, won't be so bad off when he gets done. Well, Jack, you're doing a great job with your son. I want to thank you so much for your time. And you know what? Best of luck with the Rams and Patriots seasons this year. Thank you very much. I appreciate you guys. Thanks, Jackie. That was Hall of Famer Jackie Slater, father of the Patriots, Matthew Slater, coming up. Hall of Fame voter Jeff Duncan of the New Orleans Times, Becky Yoon. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Hey, what's up? We love Burger King grilled dogs. They're made with 100% beef, and they're 100%. Mm. They're so good, they make us want to sing like... I can't believe it. Burger King made a grilled dog. Made with 100% beef. Flame grilled anytime you want. You can try it in classic or chili cheese. Flame grilled and made with 100% beef. Starting at just $1.99. Get a grilled dog now at participating Burger King restaurants. Flame grilling hot dogs since 2016. Price and participation vary. Hi, Tom Bodette, trying out one of those standing desks. Now I have the pleasure of working without the nuisance of being comfortable. Not sure a standing desk is for me. I'm really more of a resting couch kind of guy. But there is one thing I can stand behind, and that's Motel Six offering clean, comfortable rooms for the lowest price of any national chain. Now, where did I put my sitting chair? I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Book online at motel6.com. That's not an alarm. It's a wake-up call. The 2016 Rogue Glide Special with a powerful, high-output twin-cam 103 engine, big-time braking power, and Harley-Davidson Project Rushmore technology from fairing Defender. It's time to take one for a ride and start living your legend today. Wake up. Your dream starts today at your Harley Davidson dealer. Live your legend. 
Any Tom, Dick, or Harry can tell you that Geico could save you money on car insurance. But since money talks, why not go straight to the source? Hey, Harry's money here. And the day Harry went to Geico.com and switched his car insurance was the day I got to hang around. Finally, boys bonding, bada bing, bada boom. No wonder Geico has 97% customer satisfaction. Personally, I give him 100, but that's just my two cents. That was funny. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. When you're a kid, monsters live under your bed. When you're a grown-up, monsters come in the mail. You know, bills. But by refinancing your mortgage with Quicken Loans, you could save hundreds of dollars each month. Money you can use to shrink those monstrous bills down to a size that's not nearly as scary. Call 800-QUICKEN or visit us at quickenloans.com. Again, that number is 800-QUICKEN. Buy in. Quicken Loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. One obstacle many small businesses face is that getting the capital they need can be a difficult task. That's where Cabbage comes in. Cabbage provides simple, flexible access to a line of credit up to $100,000. They have helped 80,000 businesses with over $2 billion in funding. Go to Cabbage.com or call 888-CABBAGE. You'll get a decision in minutes and can start using your funds immediately. Access your line from a phone or computer and only pay for what you take. Make Cabbage your first resort for business funding. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network. You know what it means when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. So go. Tell where else you should go. MyCleanPC.com. If your computer runs slowly, log on to MyCleanPC.com for a free diagnosis. And within minutes, you can download software that can clean up what may be slowing it down. That's MyCleanPC.com. Well, next guest is just off the practice fields in New Orleans. I'm talking about, yes, just off the practice fields, honest. Jeff Duncan, he's a Hall of Fame voter, and he's also a columnist for the New Orleans Times-Picayune, and he's been kind enough to join us in the midst of of the Saints minicamp. Jeff, first of all, thanks for joining us. Oh, my pleasure, guys. We had a downpour, one of those tropical downpours right at the end of practice. So uh, the entire media corps right now is trying to uh, ring themselves out. It's pretty bad timing for us. <laughs> well, it's good timing for us to get you. Um, secondly, I, I wanted to ask you, you know, about the Drew Brees extension. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about his exp- extension, but uh, nothing so far. I, I know he said he'd like to get it done before the season begins. So the question to you is, what are the chances that it does get done before the season? And ultimately, what do you think the price is? Well, I think the price is the key question and probably is why it hasn't gotten done before now. Uh, but I do think that the history there between Tom Pond and Breeze's agent and Nicky Loomis, the general manager, they go back pretty far. They've done a lot of deals together. Obviously, did Breeze's first two deals. Uh, and both those guys have been around the block in the NFL. So uh, I think uh, this thing has the potential to get done right before camp. It, 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 these things tend to work out this way with the Saints. For some reason, they're deadline-oriented uh, negotiators. And I think Breeze has let, made it pretty clear he does not want to go into the season uh, with this thing looming over his head. So I, I bet we have some kind of announcement. It wouldn't surprise me. First day of camp, they make they make some kind of big announcement because I think both sides are motivated to get a deal done. Jeff Breeze is 37. Only three quarterbacks have won Super Bowls at that age. Unitas, Elway, and Tom Brady. Only one wanted at 38 Elway and only one wanted at 39 Peyton Manning. 
the Saints may love the immediate upside of a new contract for Drew, but how much does a risk of a long-term deal weigh on the Saints? Well, I think, Rick, that's a great question. I think it's one that Mickey Loomis and uh, Sean Payton uh, are trying to gauge. In balance, the historical side of it, which is what we all know, is very few quarterbacks playing in the, their 40s with the new age that we're living in where uh, there's more advancements in conditioning and nutrition and players are playing later, especially maybe at that position. We certainly see it with Tom Brady uh, that maybe players are going to be able to play uh, at quarterback longer than they were uh, certainly a decade ago and 20 years ago. And I, I think with a guy like Breeze, and you all know how that guy's wired, I mean, he's in phenomenal shape. He, he treats his body, uh, you know, like a temple. He uh, takes care of it. He, he works so hard in the off season. I mean, he looks phenomenal out here at camp. Uh, I think there's a lot of confidence that he could play three more years at least, maybe four more years at a very high elite level. So I think the Saints want him back, but I think there's some concerns certainly uh, with the two injuries he had last year. That he hadn't, guys, he hadn't been injured at all in a decade. And all of a sudden last year at 36, he has two different injuries. Uh, so that's the concern is, uh, you know, how much longer can he stay healthy? Jeff, speaking of Mickey Loomis, what's the bigger, bigger mess in the Tom Benson empire right now, the Pelicans or the Saints? And how much faith do you have that Mickey Loomis can either can get either or both organizations straightened out? Well, I don't think there's any question the Pelicans are the bigger mess. I mean, they're coming off something of a debacle of the season. They've got a unique situation where you have two professional franchises under the umbrella of one organization, basically. I think it's pretty unique in pro sports. And there's a lot of questions here, and I think some, some rightful criticism of how the organization is set up. I know that Sean Payton wasn't too happy that Mickey Lewis was put over top of some of the football, uh, some of the basketball operations. Felt like it pulled him away from the football side of things. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see Loomis in the future go into more of like a Rich McKay role, almost like a president role. And he, he kind of is already in that but really distancing himself more and more from the football side of things uh, and letting Jeff Ireland become almost the de facto general manager here. Uh, I think he was brought in to eventually move into that role. But they've got their hands full. I mean, you've got this ownership situation, uh, basically the Benson family feud, uh, getting ready to go to trial here in a couple of weeks. And uh, there's a lot of uncertainty, I think, in the fan base of both franchises as a direction of both teams. We're speaking with Hall of Fame voter Jeff Duncan of the New Orleans Times Picayune. And Jeff, speaking of Sean Payton, um, we talked in the first hour to the newest coach in this division. That'd be Dirk Cutter. Um, but Sean Payton is the senior coach in this division. He's been with the Saints since 2006, as you well know. My question to you is how surprised are you that he's still there? Because I'll be honest with you, during last season, especially late in last season, it sure like he looked like he might bolt prior to this year, but it never happened. And I'll be honest with you, I, I was surprised. Yeah, I, I was too, Clark. I really think he felt like, you know, look, his mentor, and you all know him well, I mean, it's Bill Parcells. And Bill Parcells didn't let Moss grow in her seat. You know, he, he moved on pretty quickly in, in most places. And I think uh, Sean Payton believes there's something to be said for that. But I also think he, he knows what an incredible situation he has here. He has incredible uh, autonomy within the building. He basically runs the entire football operations, and I think he knows how unique that can be. Uh, the fact that Tom Benson is now getting ready to turn 89, the owner, pretty much is hands-off now. Uh, he's very uh, doesn't get involved much in the day-to-day operations. So Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton are kind of running the show here. They've got uh, 
such uh, unilateral decision making that I think he realizes how unique that is, and he probably isn't going to find that somewhere else. But I think the key for Sean is: does he believe? Did he believe that they can get back and win another Super Bowl title? He, right. He's motivated to win another one, and I think he thought long and hard about it before signing back on here. And I think Breeze's performance down the stretch gave him confidence that they could get back with uh, you know elite quarterback play. And also, I think uh, it's important to think about beyond Drew Brees. And, and I think there's some, some bit of Sean Payton that would love to see if he could get back to that level with another quarterback, uh, the heir apparent to Brees, whoever that might be. Well, you talk about the incredible situation that Sean thinks he's in. I'll tell you what's not incredible down there, Jeff, is, is the defense. I mean, it's pretty bad. And they're not getting to any Super Bowl where they have Drew Brees enough. They don't improve that defense. So, logical question, what's the impact of Dennis Allen uh, and what's the importance of putting him in charge of that defense? Well, Sean Payton just talked about Dennis Allen. and uh, He's very high on what he's doing, some of the changes he's implementing. I think he, Dennis Allen is probably the best fit so far at that position in the Sean Payton tenure. You know, he, this is the fifth defensive coordinator that, that Payton has had here. And, uh, you know, Rob Ryan was, I think, kind of a knee-jerk hire in the wake of the Steve Spagnuolo. It just didn't work out with Spagnuolo here. And uh, obviously on the heels of, of Greg Williams and the, the bounty gate, that was not going to work. And Greg Williams, is, it was by far the most talented defensive coordinator they had here. I think Sean feels like in Dennis Allen – He's got a lot of the same philosophies that Greg Williams brought, but is a better fit, I think, personality-wise with the staff. And uh, he, he feels like, I think this whole Saints team, and, and I'm in show-me mode, guys, but I, I think they feel like defensively they're going to be better than a lot of people think. Uh, but certainly losing Ole Kaka the other day to an ACL, he was one of their up-and-coming developmental pass rushers. Uh, that's certainly a setback, and, and you all know, I mean, if you can't rush the passer in this league, you really got no shot to stop anybody defensively. Yeah, especially that passer in Carolina. Hey, uh, Jeff, thanks so much for the time. And listen, one last request. Next time we're in New Orleans, please save us a table at Manali's, would you please? You got that. We'll go get some oysters for sure. and uh, Barbecued shrimp. When you get here. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Jeff. Okay, anytime, Thank you. guys. I enjoyed it. Thanks. That was Hall of Fame voter Jeff Duncan, New Orleans Times, Picayune. Up next, GM Thomas Dimitrov of the Atlanta Falcons. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by MyCleanPC.com. If your computer runs slowly and whose computer doesn't, just go to MyCleanPC.com for a free diagnosis. And within minutes, you can download software to cure what may be ailing your PC. That's MyCleanPC.com. The new Lowrider S. It makes the most powerful cruiser lineup in Harley-Davidson history even more powerful. So powerful that if you take one for a ride, you could win one for you and one for a friend. And that's why it's time to stop dreaming and start riding. Get started today at your Harley-Davidson dealer. Live your legend. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. 18 plus. 50 US and DC. Ends 113016. Rules at hdcom slash ultimate sweeps. Hi, Tom Bodette, trying to understand this whole dating app thing. You're supposed to swipe right for the profiles you're into and left for the ones you're not. So if I'm attracted to a clean, comfortable room for the lowest price of any national chain at Motel 6, I'd swipe right, right? Or was it left? Wait, I just sent myself a picture of myself. 6-3? Yeah, right. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Book online at motel6.com. Hi, can I help you pick out some flowers? Yeah, I need a centerpiece, but these yellow ones are too bright for a fundraising event. Do you have anything in the gamboge? Gamboge? Gamboge. 
As a small business owner, you've got enough to deal with. Let the experts at Progressive insure your business so you can focus on uh, Gamboge. With over 30 commercial auto and business coverage options, we'll build a plan that's right for you. Oh, and they need to be hypoallergenic. Visit ProgressiveCommercial.com to get started. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Hey, what's up? We love Burger King Grilled Dogs. They're made with 100% beef, and they're 100%. Mm. They're so good, they make us want to sing like... I can't believe it. Burger King made a grilled dog. Made with 100% beef. Flame grilled anytime you want. You can try it in classic or chili cheese. Flame grilled and made with 100% beef, starting at just $1.99. Get a grilled dog now at participating Burger King restaurants. Flame grilling hot dogs since 2016. Price and participation vary. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. They are who we thought they were. Talk of Fame Networks brought to you by MyCleanPC. If your computer runs slowly, log on to MyCleanPC.com for a free diagnosis. Within minutes, you can download software that can clean up what may be slowing it down. That's MyCleanPC.com. Our next guest enters his ninth season as general manager of the Atlanta Falcons. And during that time, Thomas Dimitrov has twice been named NFL Executive of the Year, built four playoff teams, and two division champions. The five straight winning seasons and twice scoring a franchise best 13 and 3. It's now in the third year of a rebuilding process that's seen the Falcons climb from 4 and 12 to 6 and 10 to 8 and 8 last season. So that's a good sign, and so is this. Thomas Dimitrov is with us. Thomas, thanks for joining us. Gentlemen, thanks for having me. Thomas, uh, you know, you had five years as the Patriots director of college scouting when you left for Atlanta uh, in 2008, and you landed with a bang. You drafted Matt Ryan. Uh, his first pass for a first 62-yard touchdown. You went to the playoffs. You were executive of the year. Has the job of maintaining a competitive playoff team been more difficult than it at first appeared to be? You know, Ron, it's, it's one of those things that I, I, I realized, having been around the Patriots, how difficult it was to maintain, you know, being successful. And we came in back in, in 08, and there was a lot to do. We really focused on, on being very thoughtful and well thought out in many, many ways of how we approach things. And Mike Smith and I felt made a you know made a good team uh, as far as putting the team together and approaching uh, approaching the the, uh, the game the way we thought it needed to be approached. I think we did some really nice things, and I realized over those years, however, it got more and more difficult as the season went on. People got to know your systems more, they got to know your players more, and it took us being that much more creative as we continued to evolve as a team. And Matt Ryan continued to evolve um, all the way up to the you know 2012 when we felt like we were 10 yards away from possibly getting into the Super Bowl, and then we got stopped. And at that point, it became even more difficult. Uh, as you know, three years, it's, uh, well, a couple more years, and, and Dan's now on board, Dan Quinn, and I really, really like the direction we're going. Thomas, you had several good drafts when you first got there. Then in 2012, nothing seemed to work out. None of the players you took in that draft are still in the NFL. Did that year make you reevaluate how you approached the draft? Well, as you, as you recall, 12 was when we came off of uh, the year after the Julio Jones trade, and, and so we were devoid of a, of a first-round pick in the second round. Uh, and I've been very outspoken about this. You know, we, we, uh, we, you know, we and I ultimately made a mistake on, on drafting, you know, our center guard in that, in that round in the second round, and we had some, we had some struggles there. Uh, that happens, I understand it. Ultimately, that is my fault. That's my job to, to do the best I can to pull together the best players, and they didn't work out. I think at that point, we really, really started digging into the idea of making sure that it was 
really, really important to include uh, the, the coaches, not only the head coach, but all the coaches in the plan and know the plan, disseminate properly and, and know exactly the nuances of the schemes you're, you're going to be using and the type of players you need. And I think Mike Smith and I talked a lot about that after the 2012 season and knowing how important it was. And honestly, you know, Bill Belichick does a fantastic job disseminating that information to his staff and how we used to do it. For some reason, uh, we lost track of that a little bit, I believe, in 2012. We're speaking with Atlanta GM Thomas Dimitrov on the Talk of Aim Network. And Thomas, um, I, I was going to ask you about that 2012 draft and, and in hindsight what you could have done differently. You've told me that and told us that. But what I'm wondering, I guess, is looking at that draft, what impact has it had on the franchise in the years to come? Well, I, I, I think we, we were the type of franchise that we really felt in 2011 uh, when we decided to, you know, make a monumental trade, you know, for Julio Jones, that we were in a really good developing and evolving spot as an organization. We had a lot of younger guys who were growing, and, and in our minds, we felt like we were going to continue to grow. You know, it, it sets you back a little bit. Uh, I don't want to say one one draft. We, we got some production out of the 2012 draft. We, we obviously don't have them now. So it was one of those things that we really had to be dialed in on, on moving forward in the positions that we thought we were drafting in 2012, how we were going to acquire in years to come. But as you know, that's an evolving thing as well. So 2012, it wasn't just like after 2012, they were all gone. We continued to lose a player here and there, and before you know it, they were gone. So in my mind, what I think it allows you to do is, you know, take a really critical look on how we're approaching things, uh, things process-wise. And as I mentioned earlier, I think, uh, we're we're on the way to doing what we need to do as far as acquiring talent the way we need to acquire it. Uh, Thomas, Bill Parcells uh, once told me when he first got to the uh, Patriots that he'd never be held hostage again to the center position because uh, his first year he got he didn't have a center, really. This year, your top free agent signing was the three-time Pro Bowl center, Alex Mack, with obvious problems on, on defense and other areas to work on. Why did you feel shoring up that position, the the center position that Parcells thought so much of uh, was essential for you guys. You know, Ron, I think for, for us, we realized last year was was a difficult year across the board. We started off six and one, and then we plummeted in you know six game slide. And and you know Matt is such Matt Ryan is such a competitive guy, and he takes it on himself to do whatever he can do to pull us out of a hole. And there were a number of occurrences that that we felt uh, that he you know he had to push himself to try to get us back into the game. And, and let's call it the way it is. It doesn't matter how incredibly confident you are, and Matt is a very confident quarterback and a tough, tough guy. When, when things are a little uh, are, are up and down along the offensive front, especially at the center position, um, you know, we thought that it would add to his confidence level to make sure that the ball was coming back where it needed to come back to and make sure that that center position was an anchor spot along the offensive line. We felt with acquiring Andy Levitre in a, in a, a trade to the left guard spot, we love where, where, where Matthews is as a left tackle, evolving young guy. Uh, we have a right tackle in Schrader, and, and we, you know, we're still looking for that right guard spot. So we felt to have that guy right in the middle of the line, that it was really, really worth, uh, worth uh, Matt having in front of him to help us focus further into uh, you know, the coming seasons. Thomas, the Falcons started the 2015 season 5-0, and but then you, know, you finished up 2-7, and wound up 8-8, eight and eight, second place behind Carolina. Which team are the Falcons more closely to? The one that started last year or the one that finished last year? I, I really do believe the one that started. I, I think we have a, a really interesting uh, nucleus. I really I like uh, the talent. I like, our, I like our speed. I like our athleticism. 
we are becoming more and more uh, adept as you know as the months go on, understanding the systems that have been brought into into Atlanta. You know, we we're a we're a run and hit four three defense that that really you know obviously Dan Quinn knows inside out is a very very strong understanding of what he wants. As I mentioned earlier in the in the uh, in the interview, how important that is for me as a general manager and the rest of our personnel department to know exactly what we're looking for in the defense. I think that we have, uh, you know, a fiery, passionate, very, very competitive team. As I watched this year during the spring, I see, I see a, a bonding between these players that were here from last year, the new guys that we brought in. I, I think, again, Dan has a really good understanding of what he wants in the personality element. He and I communicate every day, basically 10 times a day, about everything under the sun. So I think that's really important for us. And I really believe there's some really uh, high energy on this team that's going to help us a lot. And I think the extra year under our belt in this system, on the offensive side under Kyle Shanahan, and under this new defense is going to help us uh, a great deal. We're speaking with Atlanta GM Thomas Dimitrov on the Talk of Fame Network. And Thomas, this is where I get to ask the hardball question. So the media down there thinks uh, apparently you're on the hot seat this season. So I'll ask you, um, do you feel the pressure? And if you do, uh, how does that perception affect how you approach your job? Well, you know, like I've said this before, I'm, I am, I understand what this job is. I mean, I signed up for it for nine years now, and, and I talked about this. This is amazing to be one of the, the, the more tenured GMs uh, at 49 in this league, and it's, it's amazing to be around some, some great GMs, and I've learned a lot from them over the years and have bent their ears on a number of things. And this is one of the things that, you know, we obviously discuss. I mean, that's part of my job. I know that I have ultimate responsibilities uh, you know, to be a very big, important part of, of co-building with the head coach. Of course I'm on the hot seat. Every year I'm on the hot seat. I believe that 100%. I believe anyone who doesn't think they are uh, has maybe just won a Super Bowl. But I think most of us know that this is, uh, you know, it's, it's a very urgent league now. And I think you can talk to, you know, some of my contemporaries in the league as, as younger general managers as they're coming through. And I, they realize when they step in the, uh, through, the, through the doorway that, this is about now. This is about acquiring and, and uh, you know, uh, capitalizing on victories now. If not, they may not be around for three years. So I understand it. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a very good football base in Atlanta. They're smart football people, and they have high expectations. And, and my job is to provide them with, with a winner. Well, Thomas, I want to thank you for your time. Our job is to go to the next commercial. Best of luck with the coming <laughs> year, and thanks again. You're very welcome, gents. Thanks. Thanks, thanks Thomas. Take care. That was Atlanta General Manager Thomas. Don't call me Tom. Dimitrov. Up next, Ron likes what he's hearing out of Seattle, and he'll tell you why. This is the Talk of Fame Network. Hey, what's up? We love Burger King grilled dogs. They're made with 100% beef, and they're 100%. Mm. They're so good, they make us want to sing like... I can't believe it. Burger King made a grilled dog. Made with 100% beef. Flame grilled anytime you want. You can try it in classic or chili cheese. Flame grilled and made with 100% beef. Starting at just $1.99. Get a grilled dog now at participating Burger King restaurants. Flame grilling hot dogs since 2016. Price and participation vary. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. One obstacle many small businesses face is that getting the capital they need can be a difficult task. That's where Cabbage comes in. Cabbage provides simple, flexible access to a line of credit up to $100,000. They have helped 80,000 businesses with over $2 billion in funding. Go to Cabbage.com or call 888-CABBAGE. You'll get a decision in minutes and can start using your funds immediately. Access your line from a phone or computer and only pay for what you take. 
Make Cabbage your first resort for business funding. Geico presents Kathy, the candid real estate agent. Now in the living room, you'll see this beautiful bay window. It's energy efficient and lets in a ton of natural light. It will also let in a thief when you leave it unlocked and he'll steal your laptop and flat screen TV. (laughs) Now who wants to see the kitchen? It's hard to know all that comes with renting a home or apartment. That's why the Geico Insurance Agency makes getting covered for personal property loss and damage quick and easy. Visit Geico.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Hi, Tom Bodette. During all these Motel 6 renovations, I've picked up some construction lingo working with the brickies, sparkies, and wood butchers while they shop rocket these renos till they shine like a spool of 10-gauge copper. And even after all the updates with the knock-knocks, Motel 6 still costs you less cheese than any national chain. Okay, time to take off the brain bucket and roll out. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the wattage on for you. Book direct at motel6.com. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. Just a reminder, the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by MyCleanPC. If your computer runs slowly, log on to MyCleanPC.com for a free diagnosis. And within minutes, you can download software that can clean up what may be slowing that computer down. That's MyCleanPC.com. We open the show, you know, talking about the passing of a great player, and we'll close it by mentioning the, te- the death of another standout, and this one's from the AFL. I'm talking about former Charger Earl Faison, who is a Hall of Famer, as in San Diego Chargers Hall of Fame. And one hellacious pass rusher before knee and back injuries shortened his career. He passed away this week at the age of 77. Earl was San Diego's first overall pick in the 61 AFL draft. He was a rookie of the year and the Chargers MVP in the same season. Pretty nice. Five-time AFL All-Star game choice. And you know what? Later, he was a member of the Chargers Ring of Honor and Chargers 50th anniversary team. Little known fact about Earl? Part of a fearsome foursome that preceded, yes, preceded the L.A. Rams defensive line with a Chargers D known as the fearsome foursome and the seven thieves. And in what might have been his greatest accomplishment, Ron and Rick, he appeared in a couple of episodes of the Beverly Hillbillies. Clark, even more impressive, Faison had more interceptions in his career, six, than the combined total of Hall of Fame pass rushers Bruce Smith and Reggie White. Big Earl could make plays on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Yeah, he could. And you know what, Chris, I should also mention that after football, he went into career in education in the San Diego area and he was the head coach of San Diego's Lincoln High, which gave us Marcus Allen and Terrell Davis. And he was a teacher, vice principal, and school administrator before retiring and moving to Arizona. Earl Faison, gone too soon at 77. Well, maybe we lost the Duke of Earl, but we have with us another Hall of Famer. That would be our own Hall of Famer, Ron Borges. Here with another installment of his own. Yep. Borges or Bogus. And Ron? That's right, Ron. It's not Bogus that you're on here. I'm told you like what Seattle's Richard Sherman says, but I want to remind you, how many times do I have to tell you it's not Sherman you listen to, it's Mr. Peabody. Well, look, common sense is often in short supply in pro sports, but two ideas came up recently that made so much sense, it seemed bogus, not to mention them. The first came from Seattle uh, Seahawks cornerback Richard Sherman, as you mentioned, who, who proved once again the value of the Stanford education. Although he graduated with a degree in communications, not economics, he recently made obvious uh, that he understands them both. 
Speaking on 710 ESPN in Seattle with our pal John Clayton, Sherman was asked what he might do if he became president, and his reply was interesting. First, of course, he said he'd lower his taxes, and who wouldn't? But then he said he couldn't understand how the national debt could be what it is, considering how much money the government rakes in. One suggestion to solve the problem was perfect. I'd stop spending billions of taxpayer dollars on stadiums, maybe make the billionaires who actually benefit from the stadiums pay for them. That kind of seems like a system that would work for me, he said. The facts prove Sherman's point is not bogus. A 2015 report indicated that since 1995, 29 of the 31 stadiums that house NFL teams received public subsidies for construction, renovation, or both. In the same time period, taxpayers spent nearly $7 billion subsidizing new NFL stadium construction and renovation projects, and taxpayers funded more than half the construction costs of 12 stadiums between 1995 and 2013. What was particularly telling was the report's final conclusion. Not only do taxpayers subsidize stadiums harm the local economy and fail to benefit hardworking Americans who pay for them, they do not lead to improved success on the field, unquote. A case in point, two years ago, an additional $130 million was invested in Ralph Wilson Stadium in Buffalo. Of that $130 million, the state and county paid $95 million. Buffalo has made a playoff since 1999, but they work in a nice place. So Sherman's idea did not seem bogus to me, and neither did uh, one that the NFL announced on a more casual subject. It is no longer enough for the referee to toss a coin. He actually has to flip the coin when he flips the coin. This has been mandated for every coin flip. Otherwise, uh, one surmises the NFL concluded it wouldn't be a flip. But it, the change is clearly a response to the situation that arose in overtime in the playoffs between the Packers and Cardinals last year when uh, referee Cleet Blakeman, you guys remember, decided his first coin toss before overtime wasn't fair because it didn't flip. And he did it again, but he wouldn't let Aaron Rodgers recall it. That's not bogus. What's bogus is while the referee must reflip, the team that called it doesn't get to recall it. That's about as bogus as giving taxpayer money to billionaires when you can't, when the, we can't pay our bills and they can pay theirs. Hold on, all these news. Sorry, Gooseman. There's another whistle again, and that's not bogus. Oh, blown These up. were almost out of time. Yeah, Gooseman, take a seat. Goose, you've got this week's two-minute drill. Get started. Let's go. Who's your NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year in 2016? Miles Jack. Message to all who passed on him. You don't know Jack. Joey Bosa. He's going to kill some quarterback. Who's your Offensive Rookie of the Year in 2016? Ezekiel Elliott. Tony Romo needs him like Goose needs a Goslin. <laughs> Very good. I think it's Paxton Lynch because he'll kill a competition with that defense behind him. Who has the best chance of one day starting a Super Bowl? Jay Cutler, Andy Dalton, or Tony Romo? Starting what? A fight? Jay Cutler in Section 245 of Super Bowl 60. Goose, I would say those three have a better chance of starting a bowling alley. Who is the better tight end, John Mackey or Kellen Winslow? Mackey. Good catch and block. Exactly. It's apples and oranges, but if you want the epitome of a tight end, it's Mackey. If you want a wide receiver who calls himself a tight end, Kellen Winslow. With knee injuries in each of his first two off-seasons, will we ever see former first-round pick Brashard Perriman play a game for the Ravens? Sure. That game's called hide-and-seek. I would imagine so, but I don't think you'll see the player they hoped he'd be or that he used to be. The over-under on Zeke Elliott's rushing yards for the Cowboys this season is 1,200. Over or under? Over. DeMarco Murray could run for over 1,800 behind that offensive line, Gooseman. You could get 1,200. Yeah, I'd say over, too, but that's because Tony Romo is pick-challenged. How much better will Colin Kaepernick's game get with contact lenses? Depends on what he sees with them. Remember, it's a game of contact. 
Yeah, actually, it may not. It could scare the crap out of him. Luke Keekley, Luke Walton, or the Rifleman, Lucas McCain? Luke the Apostle, great writer. <laughs> the Rifleman, he never missed when it counted, and he could play two professional sports. What impact will the return of San Diego offense coordinator Ken Wisenhunt have on Philip Rivers' career? You won't have to listen to Mike McCoy. I say that depends on the impact opposing defensive alignment have on Philip Rivers. Harrison Smith of the Vikings is now the highest paid safety in the NFL, but is he the best safety? In Minnesota? Yeah, he is. He wouldn't be the best safety in Seattle, or the second best safety either. Is Kirk Cousins the next Bill Kilmer, Joe Theismann, Doug Williams, or Mark Rippon? Don't know, Gooseman. All that matters is he's not the next RG3. He's the next Spartan that Rick Gosselin goes, oh, my heart, over. <laughs> That's the end of the game. We'd like to thank Thomas Dimitrov, Dirk Cutter, and Jackie Slater for joining us, Jeff Duncan for enlightening us, Derek Burns for producing us, and you for listening to us. If you'd like to hear this or any podcast, just go to talkoffamenetwork.com or find us on iTunes or your podcast app. It's so easy, even Ron can do it from Oakmont, PA. Otherwise, listen to the station at this time next week. We'll look for you then. Another reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. Yeah, your toilet's definitely clogged, but I think I found the problem. Sir, is this your action figure? Yes. I sent him in to check out the pipes. As a small business owner, you've got enough to deal with. Let the experts at Progressive insure your business so you can focus on more important things. With over 30 commercial auto and business coverage options, we'll build a plan that's right for you. Um, I got something else. Are these toy cars? Had to send in backup. Visit ProgressiveCommercial.com to get started. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. QL1, does Rocket Mortgage require me to fill out a bunch of paperwork? Negative control. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans is the first on-demand mortgage machine that quickly imports your financial data. You can go through the entire mortgage approval process in minutes. That is fast, like rocket fast. It also works on any internet-ready device, so you can get a Rocket Mortgage at any time or place you choose. Over. Three, two, one. Rocket Mortgage at QuickenLoans.com. Push button, get mortgage. Rocket. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLSConsumeraccess.org number 3030. That's not an alarm. It's a wake-up call. The 2016 Road Glide Special. With a powerful, high-output twin-cam 103 engine, big-time braking power, and Harley-Davidson Project Rushmore technology. From fairing to fender. It's time to take one for a ride and start living your legend today. Wake up. Your dream starts today at your Harley-Davidson dealer. Live your legend. Hi, Tom Bodette. During all these Motel 6 renovations, I've picked up some construction lingo working with the brickies, sparkies, and wood butchers while they shop rocket these renos till they shine like a spool of 10-gauge copper. And even after all the updates with the knock-knocks, Motel 6 still costs you less cheese than any national chain. Okay, time to take off the brain bucket and roll out. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the wattage on for you. Book direct at motel6.com.